So today is week three of our series on the book of Acts and on specifically the Holy Spirit, the often uh, disruptive and unexpected work of the Holy Spirit. And just to move back a little bit on where we've been, uh, two weeks ago, we talked about the Holy Spirit's role in our lives as Christians. And, And that is really a little bit of what we saw in the scripture reading today. It's this God handing off the work of Jesus here on earth to us, the people of God, to not just be the people of God, whatever that means, you know, mistakes, but to literally be the presence of God in the world. You might have heard the phrase, we are the body of Christ, that we embody Christ in the world so that all who might see us might see Christ himself. And, that, and we talked about how that claim is, seems crazy because it just seems like something that we can never do, that we can never be the body of Christ, like actually Jesus in the world. And last week, we talked about how uh, it's hard to identify what the Holy Spirit does in our lives of faith. But one of the things I talked about is the, the boundary that we can set on the role of the Holy Spirit. Because again, back in the scripture, I would imagine for most of us 21st century Christians, this scripture is a little bit distant, although not for all of us. A scripture where all of a sudden the disciples say in the name of Jesus, get up and a miraculous healing happens. It's not the experience of most of us, although some. And so for some of us, we might feel like, well, what is the Holy Spirit? Is that the Holy Spirit at work? Like, what is the Holy Spirit? And last week, we talked about the role of the Holy Spirit is to incorporate us in, to bring us into the body of Christ, to allow us to come in. That the first week we talked about the, uh, the lavish claim that we will be the body of Christ, and then we said that the work of the Spirit, therefore, is that which brings us in and not that which excludes us from the table. And the disciples had all things in common, right? They had everything in common. They were sharing things. They were sharing money. And so it's not surprising that when Peter and John show up to the temple and this beggar asks for alms, they look at him and they say, we don't got what you're looking for. That we don't have what you're looking for, but we have something else. We have something else. And we'll get a little bit more into the story itself. But I love this video that we show because the reason I I love it is it talks about the Holy Spirit as this connection, right? It's building on that idea that if the Holy Spirit brings us together, the Holy Spirit works in mysterious ways. I mean, just a a few weeks ago when we built the picnic tables as an opportunity for us to kind of be in connection after worship service, we even had it at our movie night last night. We were gathered around the table, some of us, and then our Friday morning. We were hopefully using it more and more for gathering around the table. As we built it, there was these amazing little connections of community. Uh, For example, uh, two of the people that showed up, one was previous member at the church in Kilohana, where I was a pastor uh, in Hawaii for two years. And then another one was a youth from the church in North Carolina when I had first arrived at that church. He was there for two years, his junior, senior year, before going off to NC State. His name is Will. You've perhaps seen him around. But he got got a contract job in Mililani and has been worshiping with us. And so there they were meeting. Well, two years before I ended up at that church in North Carolina, at University United Methodist Church in North Carolina, that church had a youth choir. And they would go all over the world and do different things. And, you know, like for every summer, they'd take a big trip and they would sing there. Well, 
two years before I arrived at that church in North Carolina, the youth choir went to Hawaii. And that youth stayed at Doug's house. And they didn't know it, but I knew it because I knew Doug from the previous church. I knew that they had hosted my students from the church I was a pastor at in North Carolina. And Will was one of the students there because I kind of found that dot two weeks ago or like a, a number of weeks ago before when Will came for the first time. And so there we were, we're working, and I realized that they didn't even know that they knew each other in that moment, right? And then I go, you know, Will, do you know that this is Doug? crab who you stayed with? And then I go, Doug, do you know this is Will who stayed at your house? All of a sudden, they're like, the eyes open, the connective dots. And like, it just was one of those God moments, right? You think of those like Holy Spirit moments. And I think that that is true, right? This is a mysterious work of the Holy Spirit, bringing these two people that from, all, you know, like it's the small island, right? You know, we talk about that. How many times have you uh, heard that? It's a connective means that the Holy Spirit is at work in mysterious ways, connecting us to one another and to the love of God. And, and I think that for me, though, one of the questions I ask is, do we pay attention? Uh, it's Mother's Day, so I got to tell a Mother's Day just kind of like joke, right, or like talk about a little bit about mothers. But, um, and perhaps this isn't all mothers, but at least in my house growing up and in my house currently, there's something about mothers that they hear everything in the house, right? You know, like I'll sit there, I'll be like working on a project or I'll be behind my computer. And then all of a sudden Ashley will come in from, Ashley's my wife, but she'll come in from, you know, doing groceries or some sort of errands, or maybe she'll be just in the house and trying to relax, you know, and then she'll be like, Brian, don't you hear what's happening right now? And I, What's happening right now? She's like, Stella's screaming in the backyard, and Grayson is teasing her, and I'm like clueless to everything that's happening, because when I focus on something, I like laser in, and the world around me, you know, just dis kind of disappears, and I, I find myself in like a daze, but Ashley just hears everything, and I, and I remember that my mom would do the same. My mom would do the same growing up. I mean, we had, me and my brother, and, you know, we were kind of out and about in the backyard in our creek. We were all over the outside, and we are just, you know, being a, a couple boys just all over the place, right? And my mom would hear everything. But the thing about my mom is that she had, she had this amazing ability to just kind of let it be, right? That she could just hear it all, but not necessarily have to engage with it all. Right? I, I learned this the hard way when I was in high school, and I had a sleepover, and I thought to myself, we are the sneakiest boys ever, right? You know, we're a group of people ever. Like, and, and we were the sneakiest kids ever because we snuck out of the house, and we went and teepeed a friend's house, right? You know, you got, like, toilet paper, and you throw it all over, and we did that. And, you know, we got back. No parent was awake, not one. And so we got away with everything, right? No one was the wiser, nothing happened. And then, of course, you know, the next day, my mom just asks me how my night was, right? But she doesn't, she doesn't point me out, right? She doesn't say, hey, Brian, I heard you leave. But she just says, how was it? It wasn't until like a year later <laughs> that I was finally, you know, like told her, oh, yeah, mom, we used to sneak out all the time. And she would say, yeah, I knew every time. And every time I would be awake waiting for you to come home or waiting for the police to show up at her doorstep, right? She heard everything and she paid attention to those times, but she didn't always engage. 
And I, I say that because I think there's something about that like, innate ability that I know a lot of moms have just to hear the, the, everything around them that is part of what it means to really press into the Holy Spirit. I mean, look at this story for a second of Peter and John that are going to the temple. I mean, going to the temple in an afternoon to pray is not an unusual activity, right? I mean, they probably have done it on a regular basis, day in, day out. It's just what they do. They grew up in this Jewish society, and they would go to temple to pray in the afternoon. And the Bible doesn't make it sound like it's anything out of the ordinary. And in fact, the Bible doesn't necessarily make it sound like this guy who stands, sits next to the beautiful gate is anything out of the ordinary. It sounds like this is what he does every single day, right? They know where he's going to be. He's going to be there, and he's just going to be asking you for a little bit of money. We know the beautiful gate, not much about it, where in the temple it was, but we knew it probably was an area that, you know, some of the richer people would go because it's a beautiful gate, right? And so he was hopeful that maybe he would get a little bit more money. And we don't know that Peter and John would go every day, but I'd like to just imagine for the, today at least that they were probably, this was their rhythm that they did. You know, just like our rhythm might be coming to church on Sunday morning or your, your morning rhythm before you go to work is to grab Starbucks or whatever it is that you do. It's just your daily habit of what you do. But then this day, they did something different. That John and Peter did something different than every other day. And perhaps they're, they're like me. They're like laser focused. They're, you know, running late. They're ready to go to pray. They're, you know, nothing else is going to take away their attention. Or perhaps just on this day, more than others, they paid attention in a way they hadn't before. And I think that that, that small step to pay attention around you is the step to engage with the potential mysterious or sometimes miraculous work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That ability to, to, to draw your attention in on something that otherwise was ordinary. It was regular. No different than any other day, but today they decided to stop and give this beggar some dignity of a face-to-face -face interaction. It wasn't walk by, throw money. They stopped, they looked, and they asked him to look at them. And then the Holy Spirit did something miraculous in that moment. And I wonder for us how many times we're more like me in sort of our household dynamics, right? Where you're just focused on the next, Focus on what's ahead of you, or perhaps you're focused on all the chaos around you, you know, that you're hearing everything. But as you're hearing everything, or as you're focusing on what's in front of you, you miss that beauty. That it played ladybugs, right? And the horror, like just normal stuff in our everyday life. And when we stop and we look at it and we reflect on that video, we think to ourselves, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit and God could be in something as small as a blade of grass. And remember at camp, when I, I wasn't a Christian and I was deciding, you know, whether or not to follow God or, you know, to believe in this Jesus character, it was this Young Life camp in Castaway, Minnesota. And I remember what, what got me that moment was we had to have like 15 minutes of silence. And 
I literally just looked at a blade of grass. And I don't know what happened, but I just paid attention to the blade of grass. And then I realized that there is so much nuance, so much detail in this blade of grass that perhaps that this all wasn't just the happenstance of a big boom, right, that I had grown up believing. And so perhaps that if this blade of grass can have the detail to be some of God's fingerprints, maybe I'm going to give God a try. And that's when I prayed a prayer that wasn't a sinner's prayer. It wasn't like, thank you for saving me. It was like, okay, God, if you're real, I'm still a little skeptical of that, but at least I'm going to try. I'm going to try to follow. I'm going to read my Bible and go youth group and do those things. And there was a Holy Spirit moment where I paid attention, paid attention. And it shouldn't be surprising to any of us that the Holy Spirit is often referred to as a her, right? Kind of that spirit that's everywhere. And in fact, uh, some of you might have heard the phrase Lady Sophia. Two weeks ago at our table talk, the Tuesday night, is we, ha- we gathered around, we talked about the beginning of Acts, I gave homework to us. So you're welcome to join us on Tuesday at 6 o'clock in Holman Hall, we're going to be talking about Acts, but we're going to pick it up. And so if you don't want to be behind, you're, you're fine if you don't. But you can read the beginning of the book of Proverbs, which of course is not Acts, but the reason why I said the book of Proverbs is because the beginning of the book of Proverbs is a love story. It's a love story between God and us. And the story unfolds by a character that wanders the streets of life, so to speak. And there's two antagonists in the story, two other characters. You have Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. And Lady Wisdom is described as the one speaking over the rooftops. Come and hear my voice kind of like this ever-flowing, steady proclamation inviting us by name to come and heed her voice. But then you have the character of the story that instead chooses to go door to door, walks around, and of course, Lady Folly is there, kind of in this, you know, in, in an enticing way, just opens her door and says, come here, the immediate, what's right in front of you, what you see. And it's this exchange. Will you heed the voice of the one who calls you by name over the rooftops day by day? Or will you follow what's kind of right in front of you? What's right there? So Lady Sophia is described as the wisdom of God that's spoken over us. In some Eastern Orthodox and Christian mystic traditions, Lady Sophia is often associated with the Holy Spirit. In fact, Sophia becomes the personification of the Holy Spirit. Sophia meaning wisdom in Greek. And Lady Sophia has that same call upon our life speaking over the rooftops day by day, calling us by name to be a part of the body of Christ, but do we pay attention to it? Do we pay attention? I told you the story of my mom who, who kind of listened to everything, but it wasn't unless I called her out by name 
mom, come help, that she would then engage, right? And I kind of feel like that in the, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit in our lives, is that God's presence is there for us, speaking over us. But do we pay attention? Do we invite the Holy Spirit into our day, into our moment, into that relationship? Or do we just focus, now block out the noise, and get where we're going? Because I know one thing is that the Holy Spirit is calling us to engage in these moments. But how often do we miss those moments? I mean, surely Peter and John missed it day after day after day. That's at least what it seems like, right? They went to temple to pray, probably passing the same guy. But when Jesus says, you will be my power in the world, I honestly think that one of the ways that power is embodied is through this simple paying attention to the Holy Spirit at work in this moment. I mean, think about Jesus and his ministry. He did miracles, he did a lot of stuff, but more than anything, you want to know what he did? He paid attention to the people that otherwise he was just supposed to ignore and go along the way. The woman by the well, who wasn't worth a whole lot, she kind of been there for a while, paid attention. To the other woman who reaches out to get a power of Jesus, of, of healing, on his way to, to save someone who is deathly ill, he stops and he pays attention. To the woman caught in adultery, rather than kind of answering with the, the answer in front of you, he, he pays attention to the emotional needs in that space. Over and over again, Jesus pays attention in his ministry, and I think that the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life and in my life is going to be a product of our willingness to pay attention, to draw in Nothing in the video that you watched before was miraculous or out of the ordinary, but in all of it, the Holy Spirit was clearly at work, and when someone was narrating it as such, you nod your head and say, yeah, isn't God beautiful? And friends, we have the beauty of God's creation everywhere around us in Hawaii. Or do you run by the ocean and forget about it? Or drive to Costco because you gotta get there. And Hanama Bay, you know, and the, the, the Hawaii Kai Costco is the best, right? But you don't pay attention to that beauty. Most of the beautiful roads in, I've ever driven on, right? The Holy Spirit is inviting you each day to be part of the body of Christ. I'm gonna do miraculous things to give dignity to someone who might not feel it otherwise, to help you feel God's love when you're lonely or feeling down. Lady Wisdom, Lady Sophia, the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call her is speaking to you day in and day out. So let us listen to her voice and just maybe we'll find those miracles 
the ones that we don't believe might happen anymore, they'll happen. And the words of Jesus saying that you will be my witness to the ends of the earth. And as much as we have a hard time believing it, it might in fact become our reality. But if we're looking at our phones or going to the next thing, we'll miss it all. So let us pray that the Holy Spirit would be welcomed each day, rest on us, and transform us into the body of Christ.